Chapter 16, Segment 2 We've rather gone out of our way to avoid the contamination of boys from London. Oh, what nonsense, said Mr. Perkins. No one had ever told the form master before that he talked nonsense, and he was meditating an acid reply, in which perhaps he might insert a veiled reference to hosiery, when Mr. Perkins, in his impetuous way, attacked him outrageously. That house in the precincts, if you'd only marry, I'd get the chapter to put another couple of stories on, and we'd make dormitories and studies, and your wife could help you. The elderly clergyman gasped. Why should he marry? He was fifty-seven. A man couldn't marry at fifty-seven. He couldn't start looking after a house at his time of life. He didn't want to marry. If the choice lay between that and the country living, he would much sooner resign. All he wanted now was peace and quietness. "'I'm not thinking of marrying,' he said. Mr. Perkins looked at him with his dark, bright eyes, and if there was a twinkle in them, poor Size never saw it. "'What a pity! Couldn't you marry to oblige me? It would help me a great deal with the dean and chapter when I suggest rebuilding your house.' But Mr. Perkins' most unpopular innovation was his system of taking occasionally another man's form. He asked it as a favor, but, after all, it was a favor which could not be refused. And as Tar, otherwise Mr. Turner, said, it was undignified for all parties. He gave no warning, but after morning prayers would say to one of his masters, I wonder if you'd mind taking the six today at eleven. We'll change over, shall we? They did not know whether this was usual at other schools, but it certainly had never been done at Turkenbury. The results were curious. Mr. Turner, who was the first victim, broke the news to his form that the headmaster would take them for Latin that day, and on the pretense that they might like to ask him a question or two so that they should not make perfect fools of themselves, spent the last quarter of an hour of the history lesson in construing for them the passage of Livy, which had been set for the day. But when he rejoined his class and looked at the paper on which Mr. Perkins had written the marks, a surprise awaited him. For the two boys at the top of the form seemed to have done very ill, while others who had never distinguished themselves before were given were given full marks. When he asked Eldridge, the cleverest boy, what was the meaning of this, the answer came sullenly. Mr. Perkins never gave us any construing to do. He asked me what I knew about General Gordon. Mr. Turner looked at him in astonishment. End of segment two.